My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Super exciting guest coming on today, Jake Loveland, CEO of Tenaciously Human Business. He's a speaker, executive coach, uh, coach, and he's also the host of the Tenaciously Human podcast. He has done some amazing things. You know, he's a busy father of five, under five years old uh, children. So he's got a lot on the go. And, you know, I'd love to talk about, you know, how you juggle it all, uh, and, and hear your perspective. Also, just like hear a little bit about your story and, you know, let our listeners know, you know, a little bit about your journey, because I think it's, it'll be really powerful for whoever's listening, who's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, you know, running a podcast or anything like that. I think it'll speak volume. So if you're open to it, Jake, please. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. Um, thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So for me, it all started uh, my freshman year of college. I I think like a lot of kids, you know, in college, they want to change the world, want to make a good impact on everything. And I, I felt like the only way I could do that was to join the Peace Corps or the Coast Guard, you know, or become a firefighter, that it was only in those, uh, those frontline jobs that I could really be making a positive impact on the world and, and giving back and serving. And it, I, I started to, during my freshman year, I started getting introduced to business owners who were making a really big impact on the world. And it changed my perspective. I started to see things like, well, maybe I can do good and be in business. Cause I loved business. I just wanted to do good in the world. And so that, that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. But the biggest thing that was holding me back from going all in on business was that I really wanted to have a family. That was really important to me. Uh, I wanted to have a family and I wanted to be the kind of dad that was there all the time. Or not about all the time, but, you know, had it was very present, present in their lives. Yeah. So I had this really interesting experience that I, I worked for these two different millionaires back to back both of them business owners. And it was the most eye-opening experience. The first one was a contractor and I was working for him on his personal property, helping him build his house. I was in construction, helping him build his second house on the property. The uh, other one was an architect and it was very similar, helping him build his second house. Both of them extremely wealthy, very prominent business owners, big families. And from the outside, it looked like they're both living the American dream. But as I, as I got to work on their personal properties, I really got exposed to their families, their way of life. And I started noticing some pretty big differences. The, the contractor, when I started working with him, um, I, I loved his business acumen. I loved the way he did things. But I remember one day when I was in his, in his lobby or in his foyer of his house, 
And I say lobby because it felt like it was at like a hotel or something. It was just immaculate marble floors, vaulted ceilings, just, you know, just super nice. And in the middle of this foyer, he's got a vase, a six foot tall vase on top of a little tiny coffee table that looked like it was straight out of like the Met or some fancy museum. It was, it was immaculate. And as I'm talking to him, I hear his son come around the corner. His son's two years old. So I look at the kid and then I look at the vase and then I look at his dad and I was like, do you know what's about to happen? Cause I do. <laughs> and I'm just thinking <laughs> this, but I, I didn't want to say anything. Uh, and the kid starts and he's running straight for the vase. So I see the kid. I look at the vase. I look at the dad. He's not doing anything. And finally, last second, the dad reaches out and grabs the nanny and says, tell my son not to touch that. That moment scarred my heart because in that moment of fear, his reaction was not to reach out to his own child. It was to reach out to the nanny. And it was apparent to me that his knee-jerk reaction there meant that he had a closer relationship with the nanny than his own son. And, and the son had a closer relationship with the nanny than, than his own father. And I just decided I didn't want to be like that. And so that was one of those moments where I was like, well, I guess I can't be in business anymore. Um, this is what is the cost of success, uh, is being distant from your family. Now, what the architect taught me was that it was a little different, that it could be, it could be different. Uh, again, in both situations, I think both wives worked outside of the home. Both of them had nannies. That wasn't the problem. Um, but there was a significant difference in the attitude of the architect and how he treated his family and the relationship that he had with his family. And as I got to know him and his family, yes, he was a very prominent business person, but his family seemed to be a priority and his business was still successful. And I thought those two things were opposing. Now this, this experience of working back to back, uh, with these two individuals opened my eyes at you know, there are different ways to run a business and to run a family. And I, I just got really hungry to figure out what that was. So I asked that architect a bajillion questions and I still do. I still talk to him. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been 12 years or something since I worked with him and I, I still talk to him. I, I really admire this man and his family. The, so then I started figuring out like, okay, if I need to learn more, if I want to find a way to be a prominent in business, I just wanted to kill. I just wanted to be super successful in business. I love business. Felt like I was, you know, destined for greatness there, but I didn't want to sacrifice my family and I didn't want to sacrifice my faith, the things that were core to who I was. And, you know, there's some, some people out there who were telling me it wasn't possible. Uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank uh, he once said that if you want to be successful in business, there's no Saturday soccer games and there's no Sunday dinner with your family. And I hate that. I just yeah. don't believe it. It doesn't seem true to me. I, I don't believe that's true. And so I went out on this, this journey over the last 12 years to interview anybody and everybody I could on this topic and figuring out, hey, how can I be successful? How can I do really well in business without sacrificing my family? Or maybe the other way, or probably the better way to put it, is how can I have a great, successful family while still growing my business, right? Putting that family first. 
And uh, that, that's what got me into to starting my show. I was interviewing all these people anyway. So I was like, yeah, I should just record this and then I could post it. Um, and it also gave me uh, an extra excuse, an extra reason to talk to people, uh, which is fun. I can just go up to some, uh, some random person and some CEO that I see at a basketball game. For example, this happened last, uh, last basketball season. I saw a CEO of this huge corporation that I'd been wanting to talk to. Uh, and I saw her walking across the floor. So I, I jumped the fence and went up to her and said, Hey, I'd love to have you on my show and just introduce myself. And it was, I don't know, it's been a lot of fun. So that, that's where, that's where my journey has been is, is proving, uh, not only that it's possible to have a successful family and a successful business, but how it's possible and, and what it takes to do that. Incredible. Thank you for sharing that journey because I think it's so powerful. You know, it's, it's just, it's a juggle when it comes to being an entrepreneur and, or a business owner and having a family and being present. And you see so many who aren't present, you know, and their life looks so amazing on the outside, but it's in reality, it's gotta be tough, you know? So, you know, I think that's huge. I'm really glad that we're able to kind of cover that topic today. Tell me where you're at in within your business and how you juggle, you know, still being a present dad and running a business. Yeah. So for me, this started out as a, as a side hobby. It was something I did on the side while I was working in business for about 10 years and doing, doing well there. And, and just always trying to figure out this, this secret, if you will, or these secrets mm -hmm. to, to this. And, and it's been, uh, just a, a great journey. I keep learning more and more every person I talk to. Uh, but a couple of years ago, uh, one of the uh, companies that I was working with, we one of my, so I, I was working with a bunch of contracted companies for our company. And one of the business owners who I was working with was two or three times more successful than everyone else in the group. He was like by far way above everyone. And I was talking to him one day and he, he said, you know, he started crying, which is crazy. Cause I'd never seen him show that, that level of emotion. And he just said, I, I just feel bad. Cause yeah, I'm super successful, but I haven't seen my family. And, you know, I, I I've basically been an absent parent and an absent uh, husband for the last year. And I said, well, let's change that. And his response killed me. He said, I can't, it's not possible. And so at that point, it, it struck me like, okay, this is something I need to do full-time. This is a real problem. And so I started coaching full-time uh, with that intent to find this answer. Now, I, I never could convince him that it was possible. Um, I still talk to him. He's still, he, he, he's getting there. But everything I do is, is thinking of people like him, you know, of how can, how can I help somebody who is really good at business and wants to be a dad, wants to be a husband, or wants to be a mother, wants to be a, a, a wife, how can I help them? And, and so that, that, that's been my whole journey. But to answer your question, how do I do it personally? Uh, it is ever-changing. I wish there was as simple as, here's this three-step process, just follow it, you'll be happy. Um, and there are processes that I've built out, but it one of the key parts of it is that you're always refining it. So yeah. for me, the biggest thing I've done and what I encourage all of my clients to do is to start by staking their claim. 
And, and by that, I mean, just finding some time for them and for their family. So a lot of my business owners, uh, they feel like they always need to be on call that they don't, they, if they miss a phone call, they're stressed because what if that was a sale? I needed that sale. Um, or what if it was a employee who needed help making a customer happy and felt like they always needed to be on call for the business. And so they were never really present with their families. Right. And so we start really small, start by 15 minutes. And, and typically where I tell them to start is at the beginning of dinner, like turn your phone off for 15 minutes of dinner. If after 15 minutes, you guys are still eating, you can turn your phone back on. But for those 15 minutes, I want you to be 100% in. And what people start to realize and what I realized when I started doing this is that most of these things are not as urgent as we think they are. And I slowly started with that 15 minutes and I got it to where it was about two hours for me at the job I was at at the time. I was the chief revenue officer of this company. We had 200 plus employees who had my contact information all over the U S so I was getting phone calls all the time. But when I started setting aside that time, staking it out for myself, it helped me realize a couple of things. Number one, things weren't as urgent as I thought they were. People could wait. And number two is that that time made me such a better person, made me a better father, a better businessman, uh, because, you know, I, I had the time away from the business. So even, even with cell phones, even with emails and Slack and all these ways to get a hold of you off the hours, you need to start, even if it's small, to stake some time away from yourself or, or away from the world just for yourself or just for you and your family where no one can bother you. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and I also meant, meant to ask you with um, having these very successful business people on your show and best best-selling authors, do you want to just touch on that with my listeners so we can give them an idea of, you know, how you went about getting these people on your show and um, what you took away from it? Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, I started from nowhere. No one had heard of me. No one knew who I was. And, you know, uh, in some regards, that's still true. Depending on the circle you're walking in, some people, a lot of people have never heard of me. Um, but I wanted to have some big names on my podcast. And so I started, uh, you know, over the last decade, I'd been interviewing people on this topic. And uh, so I started reaching out to some of those people I'd already talked to and asked them to be on the show. Um, I reached out to a couple of, uh, you know, I, I just started with people who I knew, just my close circle. And then I started asking each and every one of them, who do you know who would be good on this show? Or even better, I would do my research before the show and I would figure out who they were connected with. And I could say, hey, you know, Johnny, you, you shared the stave with Steve in 2008 at this conference. Do you think you could connect me with him? Do you have contact information for him? I think he'd be great on my show. And almost, actually, I don't think anyone's ever told me no to that request. If I can show that there's a relationship between this or one that I had recently was, hey, you co-authored this book with this guy 15 years ago. Do you still have contact information for him? Could you connect me with him? And she was like, yeah, happy to do that. You know, he's a New York Times bestselling author and he's going to be, you know, uh, hopefully haven't, haven't confirmed yet, but hopefully he's going to be on the show. Uh, and he'll be the third New York, New York Times bestselling author that I've had on the show. 
which is, which is awesome. I mean, these are, these are big names. We had the former CFO of American express on, on the podcast, which was amazing. I mean, this guy, he showed up in his private helicopter. I showed up in my beat up van to this meeting. Like, I love this. It was so crazy. Um, but it was just asking people, Hey, do you know this individual? Could you connect me with them? And just telling people that you're interested. The way I met the CFO was I was at dinner with one of my friends who I hadn't seen in a while, him and his wife. And I was saying, you know, um, this is the show I'm doing. I just started it. Who, who do you know who'd be good on the show? And his wife was like, you know what? You need to reach out to this guy, Gary. Uh, and I can connect you with him. I, I work in the same department or I did work in the same department as him. I'll connect you with him. And that, that was amazing. It took a long time. That was like, that one took almost a year to, to schedule because he was so busy. But he was, he's one of you my got him in? best we got him in and he was one of the best guests ever because he's just such a humble guy and had so much experience running one of the largest corporations in the world. So that was fun. Incredible. Well, I love this. I am so excited to have this, you know, for you to be able to share this with the people listening, you know, all is possible. And so for any of you out there wanting or have dream people to come on your show, know that that's possible. Look what Jake did. So, um, would you mind jumping into the topic of, again, I know that we touched on it, but if you could jump in the topic of life balance while achieving ridiculous success, um, I know that you have a lot of value to add to that. So if, if you don't mind diving in a little deeper on that, that would be awesome for our listeners and myself. Yeah. So yeah, one of the first things I do is, is I would challenge everyone to figure out what that means to them. Uh, my definition of success used to be that I would become the CFO or the CEO of American Express or some big company like that. That's no longer my definition of success. Um, and knowing that is really key because that path versus the path I'm on are very different. Uh, the one constant there is, is my family's got to be important to me. So you got to figure out what success looks like for you. Uh, as an individual. For some people, they don't mind traveling a lot. They don't mind being away from their family, their family units. And I mean this without any judgment that their families can do that, right? Where they're gone for long periods of time. They're with their kids for a half an hour before bed every day. For me, that doesn't work. I want to be with my kids. Right now, I share three meals a day with my kids. And I hope that never changes. Well, I guess eventually they'll start going to school. But um, we spend a lot of time together as a family and that is really important to me. And so I've created a life that fits that. So you need to figure out what you want professionally and what you want as a family. And then you can start to meld those two things together because if you don't have a clear idea, you're just going to get, uh, you know, kind of blown around by whatever's popular on YouTube or, or Instagram, right? You pull up Instagram, there's a bunch of people who are successful, but it looks totally different for everybody. Some people's success is having a huge mansion. Some people's success is being able to travel around the world and, and uh, you know, be a digital nomad. They're very different lifestyles, but both of them can be viewed as success. You just got to figure out what it looks like for you. And then once you do that, then it's, then it's pretty simple. Then you start 
by degrees working that into your life. So like I said, starting with those 15 minutes carved out for your family and then, and slowly growing that and slowly changing things professionally so that you can get to the direction you're headed. But once you have the end goal in mind, then you can be a lot more patient as you're working the way to it. Cause if you don't have that end goal, then it just feels like you're stuck, but you're not stuck. You just got to take time and, and patiently work your way towards that. Um, the, the biggest thing I can say, uh, and this came from this conversation with Gary Crittenden, the CFO of American Express, uh, is to just put your family first, literally. So when Gary plans out his week, and I do the same thing now, Gary would first identify a couple of his positions in life. The first one he put on there for him was that he was a child of God. And so he had, because of that relationship, there were certain things that he wanted to do to strengthen that relationship. So he set a time for scripture. He set, a time, set aside time for prayer. And he would calendar that in on his, on his weekly calendar. And then he would go to the next thing in his list of, of roles and responsibilities that, you know, he is a husband. Okay. If I could do one thing this week to be the best husband in the world, what would I do? Perfect. Then he'll put it on the calendar. Uh, then it'll be like, Hey, what's the, uh, you know, as a father, I've got three children, which children, you know, he had three, which child, um, do I want to start with? And what could I do to be the best father to this child this week? He'd put it in his calendar, right? So he goes through and he puts all of his family and his faith first in his calendar, literally puts them in the calendar first. And then he goes through afterwards and says, okay, how can I fit work in? If you do it the other way around, you'll often find that your faith and your family is kind of getting pushed away. Um, but if you put it first, if you put it in your schedule first, there's always time for it. And then you may have to push some business things to the side or, or postpone some of them, but ultimately it's going to make you way happier in the end. I like that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, it's so true. You know, we're so used to scheduling and work and, and business stuff and then whatever free time that's for family, but not often that do you actually do what you want to do in that free time after? Uh, so scheduling and so turning that around scheduling and family and your, your beliefs and values first is huge. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's made, it's made all the difference for me personally. Uh, it's changed how I, how I plan my day. Kidding. Um, Now I go to the gym in the morning and I, and I come home. The first thing I do is I spend a half an hour with my kids reading books. Uh, and I love that. So my favorite time every day. Now, sometimes it's not a half an hour, depending on the chaos today, I came home from the gym and, uh, there was, uh, protein powder all over the kitchen. They got into my protein (laughs) powder and just literally just, just looked like it snowed protein in my house. It was crazy. (laughs) So, you know, we had to clean that up. Um, so, you know, it doesn't always work that way, but the first thing I'm doing is spending a half hour with my kids. And then the first hour of every day from nine to 10 AM without exception, uh, is time for, uh, I call it gospel study and visioning. So I spend some time, you know, connecting with my higher power, which is important to me. It's not for everyone, but for me it is. Yeah. And then I spend some time visioning where I I'm journaling about the future that I'm creating and I'm uh, imagining the success that I'm going to have and and writing some affirmations and those sort of things. 
And then at 10 AM, then I start my day. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the best it's I'm, I'm way happier doing it that way than I ever was, uh, trying to cram those things in on the, on the margins. And just making the time for what's important to you is huge. Often enough, we don't make the time for that. We don't, Yeah. you know, we're like, oh, maybe I'll do tomorrow. And then tomorrow you don't do it. And it's like making that a priority first and foremost is huge. So and it yeah, makes all the difference. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, one of the, you know, the largest studies, the largest study on happiness is this Harvard study. And they identified that happiness in life comes from three things. Uh, and it's your relationships. They're all your, all relationships, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with, uh, your, your intimate circle, your close circle, and then your relationship with a higher power, whatever that means, even if it's, you know, if it's God, great. If it's mother nature, if it's the universe, you know, whatever it is that you can connect to that is greater than you, uh, those three relationships create happiness. And so then there's another study done by Harvard later on, um, by a man named Sean Acker, who talks about that happiness actually leads to success. The happier you are, the more successful you will be in business. So if you do a a little math there, you know, just some basic understanding, creating those relationships will actually make you a better business person. Spending time on those relationships with yourself, with your family, and with your higher power will make you infinitely better at business Um, from a scientific perspective, from a religious perspective, it's, it's even more, I I think, I think God uh, blesses us immensely for putting the first things first. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. It's so true. Like how can you be your best if you're not taking that time and and really having good relationships and, and having a good relationship with yourself before, you know, because business is all about building relationships and how can you do a good job at that? If you're not working on the ones that mean the most to you first, which is yourself, your family or, and, and God, if, if you're go if that's your religion and stuff like that. So I completely understand that. I like that. Yeah. So Jake, tell me a little bit about exactly where you are right now in the business. Like I know you touched on it. Do you want to dive into what your biggest focus and desire is with your business right now and where you're at? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just like with any business, it's, it has not been easy. Um, I, I mean, it has been the most enjoyable and the most stressful two years of my life. And, um, just going all in on this. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was an act of faith for us as a family to make this move, but we were really passionate about it. Um, but the, so where, where we're at right now is that we've got a, a profitable business, but it's, it's not very scalable right now. I'm working with 10 or so clients and making great impact and helping these people to have greater impact on their circles and their communities, but I want to be helping more. So my biggest focus right now is scaling, um, is, is creating something that can impact more and more people and help more and more people find that work-life balance is the key to success and not mm-hmm. a, a hindrance or a, a combatant, if you will, with success. Um, so 
that's my biggest focus right now is, is trying to find ways to scale it and still keep the same quality of instruction and the same quality of interaction with people. So that, that's, that's my biggest focus right now. And it takes a lot of learning uh, for me. Absolutely. That's one thing with being an, an entrepreneur, like yourself, um, every challenge that comes your way or every next level you hit, there's going to be a new set of challenges. And so the learning does not stop. Right. Which I love about it, even though it can be yeah. difficult at times. Yeah. I, I love learning. Absolutely. I spend an obnoxious amount of money every year on learning. $20,000 a year is no small fee. Like it is, is on the low end, I guess. Uh, I don't even know how many books I've bought in this year and courses and whatever else, but I'm addicted to learning because th that's how we progress. So. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about what your client acquisition looks like. How do you get your clients? I mean, um, do you, from referrals or what's your biggest like strategy for getting clientele? Um, as of right now, it's all been referral based. Well, nice. I guess not. I've got my podcast and mm -hmm. at the end of my podcast, the podcast is talks about this topic. And then at the end of it, I just do a little pitch for working with me. Yeah. And that generates um, some people interested. Yep. Yep. That's generated some, some interest and, and also helps people to view me as an expert, um, which builds helps that with buy-in, builds that authority and gets them greater success because yeah. when they believe more in the, the guide, they're going to give more to the process. And so that, that, that was a little tricky for me at first, cause I didn't want to be viewed as you know, I felt like I was putting myself above people and that's definitely not the case. That's where I, I felt initially, but I realized how important it was that they could see someone who was an expert, um, yeah. who had experience and knowledge that is really, really important, um, for their success. But, uh, I, yeah, I got my podcast and the other one is, is networking, uh, just re relationship and referral based networking. So I, I've joined a couple of networking groups. I'm in, you know, BNI business networking international, um, in a bunch of other networking groups and just getting out there and exposing, um, the, the processes, the things that I teach and, and hoping that they resonate with people that are, uh, in business. Love that. So I know we're getting close to the end of the episode here, but I did have one question because you're very highly like aware in this area, especially I think, um, you know, when it comes to self-development and, you know, learning and always growing. Um, and I know that you said, you know, you'll, you've invested in, in, in learning and developing skills. So my, my question is, you know, you must have some mentor inspiration or or something like that. Is there any mentor inspiration that you can give our listeners here today that you, that's really helped you with your business? So you mean like uh, advice or counsel that I've gotten from a mentor that's helped me? Yeah. If you have anything or anything that comes to the top of your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about some of them already. Uh, Gary mm -hmm. Crittenden from American Express has been a, a powerful mentor for me. Yeah. Uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Johnny Hanna has been a big mentor for me. He's the CEO uh, and founder 
of uh, a billion dollar business, I think. And his former business, his former company was also around there uh, over a billion dollars. So, I mean, he's had tremendous success in, as an entrepreneur and he's got eight kids and, uh, and he's, you know, he's, uh, he's a great parent. Uh, he's a great father. My wife actually taught some of his kids in school. Anyways, we we've really connected well with that family. They've been a really powerful um, inspiration to me. And one of the things that, that Johnny taught me that I think really changed how I viewed my relationship with my family. He said, if you had a dinner appointment with your biggest investor in your company, would you show up late to that? And the answer is like, no, absolutely not. Like this person's, you know, dumping a ton of money into my business. There's no way I'd be late to a meeting with an investor in that situation. And he said, so why are you late to dinner with your family? Your family is the biggest investor that you have in your success as a professional and as your success success in life. And if you're late to a dinner with the biggest investor in your life, what are you telling them? You're telling them that they don't matter to you or they're not as important in what you're doing. And in fact, they are more important. So from a business perspective, you want to be investing in them. And from a family perspective, you want it even more. So with that advice in mind, I've taken it so seriously. When I tell my family I'm going to be home by five, I do my best to do that. Now, I'm not, I'm not perfect at it, but I am, I'm going to run through a brick wall if I have to, to, to make sure that my family can expect me and rely on me because they're so important to me. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is huge. It is so true that your family is your biggest investor. You know, your family is, is so important. And we really have to start looking at it from that perspective, like the one you just shared with us, because it's so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to share all this powerful stuff with my listeners. This is exactly what I look for in my show. So it's an absolute pleasure having you on. And, you know, anyone's looking to connect with you and what you have going on, what would be some good ways to go ahead and reaching you? Yeah. Simplest way is social media, uh, Loveland underscore Jake. Um, you can also go to jakeloveland.com or tenaciouslyhuman.com. They go to the same place and you can connect with me there as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Jake, for taking the time of your day and sharing all this. I appreciate you and love what you're doing. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and like to come on, just like we had Jake on today, please go to top100interview.com and fill out an application. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks guys. Thank you, Jake. Hey everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, 
download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.